Welcome to Financial Management God's Way with Tom Copeland. Tom Copeland is first and foremost a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ who has been called to teach God's Word on finances since 1982. He's helped thousands of people learn to manage money God's way. In addition, Tom is a chartered professional accountant who has advised thousands of people, including individuals, couples, and business owners, in making wise biblical financial decisions. Tom's financial moments are aired on 70 radio stations and five TV stations across Canada. Tom is the author of the book, Financial Management God's Way, as well as several workshop series, including Debt Reduction God's Way and Discerning God's Will in Managing Money. Tom is the president and founder of Copeland Financial Ministries, who teach what the Bible says on finances. For more information, check out BibleFinance.org, BibleFinance.org. Today, Tom and I will be discussing the topic, Discerning God's Will in Managing Money. If you have any questions during today's broadcast, you can email info at BibleFinance.org, and Tom or one of his trained financial coaches will advise you. Tom, you've indicated to me that the suggested topic for today is discerning God's specific will in managing money, which is an excerpt from your Advanced Biblical Financial Study. Please explain how Christians can discern God's specific will in any major financial decision. That's a good question, Jeff. In my experience, most Christians make financial decisions based upon their own personal desires or their own personal judgment without discerning God's specific will in a particular situation. I love Ephesians 5.15 where Paul said, Be very careful then how you live not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. The key here, Paul is telling us, is that we need to understand what God's will is in respect of any important decision, including financial decisions. Tom, do you believe that God has a specific will for his children in respect of financial decisions? Absolutely, yes. Scripture is clear that God wants to direct us according to his specific will. In Psalms 32.8, God said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and I will watch over you. And in Jeremiah 29.11-13, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And as Christians pray to God as they ask for his wisdom and direction and seek God with all their heart, our God of the universe has promised to give us his direction and reveal to us his specific will. Tom, could you please provide a common example? Yes, generally the Bible provides biblical financial principles, that is, financial guidelines. However, there can be several options within those guidelines. 
Here's an example. Consider a Christian couple who have managed money according to biblical principles. For example, they have developed and implemented a budget. They have godly motives. They have spent wisely, and they have been content with God's provision. During their quiet times, they sense God's leading to purchase a house, and they are now seeking God's wisdom and specific direction as to what they should do. Many questions arise. Should they buy a house with a two-car garage, or is one-car garage enough? Do they need a four-bedroom home, or will a three-bedroom home be sufficient? How much should they spend? What is the maximum that they should borrow? That's a key question. And where should they live? As they reflect on these questions and inspect some houses for sale, they can see there are several options that are all within God's financial principles. Tom, what should they do in order to discern God's specific will, to find out what God's best decision is for them? Here's my suggestions, Jeff, and there's, I got uh, three of them initially here. Number one, in faith, pray and ask God for his wisdom. In James 1, 5, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, we all lack wisdom, we should ask God and he will give it to us abundantly. Secondly, ask God for his direction and be sure to listen to God's gentle whisper. If you remember in 1 Kings 19, when God spoke to Elijah, he actually spoke to him in the form of a gentle whisper. And God can speak to our heart and our mind as we spend time in prayer and time reading his word. And also, I'd say, prayerfully ask God to direct you through his word. Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And um, with over 2,350 references in the Bible to money and material things, it's very practical for God to direct you through his word. There's lots of scriptures there that apply to money and material things. And the last thing I'd say at this point is when the God of the universe speaks to you, when he speaks to you through his word, through his spirit, um, I'd encourage you to write it down as it talks about in Habakkuk 2.2. Uh, write it down, have a spiritual journal, and look for consistency in your journal, because if God wants you to do something, he's going to give you some consistent direction. Now, Tom, that's a good start, but is there anything else that you would suggest this couple do to discern God's best? Yes, from a very practical perspective, all couples need to prepare a cash flow plan or a budget uh, beforehand just to ensure that before you take on a mortgage and you buy a house, and uh, make sure you can afford the mortgage payments, the property taxes, the utilities, and provide a cushion in your monthly cash flow so you're not, you're not fully stretched. I would say this, don't let the bank make the financial decision for you. More often than not, what I see is a couple's married, he makes X, she makes Y. They go to the bank, and especially with low interest rates today, the bank approves them on a very high mortgage, and often that mortgage is more than they can really afford. So they really have to develop and implement their own budget to make sure that uh, they're taking on no more debt than they can afford, and make sure you do have a cushion in your monthly cash flow for unexpected expenditures. The second thing I would say is obtain some godly counsel. Proverbs 15.2 says, A wise man seeks many counselors, but with too few counselors' plans go astray. Number three, ask God to provide his peace or lack of peace with respect to any proposed financial decision before you make that decision. In John 14.27, Jesus promised us his peace if we're operating in his will. And above all, be willing to follow God's will and not your own will. As Jesus said in Luke twenty-two forty-two, not my will, but yours be done. Amen. Uh, Tom, uh, what if they find a house that they think is the one uh, that they should buy? What should they do then? I'd say this. Don't rush to buy it. Wait and trust upon the Lord to make the house available for sale after they've experienced God's peace with respect to the decision. This can be a form of setting out a fleece like Gideon did in Judges chapter 6. 
I believe this strongly, and I've seen it many times in the thousands of people I've counseled. If it is God's will for them to buy the house, the house will be available when the Lord provides his peace and his direction. Psalms 37.7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And Isaiah 64.4 is a wonderful scripture where it says that God acts on behalf of those who wait for him. And remember this, God is in control. Psalms 103.19 says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens. His sovereignty rules over all. And only God knows the future. So we really need to discern God's specific will before we make any major financial decision. Tom, do you have any other examples where God's people need to discern his specific will in respect of an important financial decision? Yes, for example, before someone purchases a car, they need to discern what God wants them to do first. Often people just go and borrow the money under the 0% financing, thinking that's a good deal, and often that's not a good deal, and often it's not God's will for you either. Um, It's possible that God may want you to buy a new one, but it's also possible that God may want you to buy a good one, good used one, or just repair the, the car you currently have and save money for a future purchase. And for those considering retirement, I'd give this advice. They need to discern God's specific will beforehand as well. The first thing they need to discern, if and when they should retire, and whether or not they have sufficient savings for retirement. Um, I've seen hundreds, actually thousands of people where they go ahead and retire and they haven't got sufficient savings, and then they end up in, in financial difficulty in retirement, which is not a pleasant scene. And they also need to discern what God wants them to do during their retirement years. Unfortunately, many Christians sit on the sidelines taking it easy during retirement, which can be a great opportunity to do ministry work as you have more time. So really ask God what he wants you to do if you do retire from your full-time job, especially what kind of um, ministry work would he like you to be involved in. And remember that God used Moses and Joshua in a powerful way in ministry from ages 80 to an amazing about 120 years. Tom, over the past few years, during our interviews and through your financial moments, you've taught us many financial principles from Scripture. Please explain the relationship between biblical financial principles and discerning God's specific will. Good question, Jeff. Numerous biblical financial principles or guidelines are provided in God's Word with respect to finances. However, what I've found and seen thousands of people's finances is that unfortunately most Christians have limited knowledge of what the Bible says on finances, so often they unknowingly violate some biblical financial principles. They just don't know what they are. So the first step for a Christian is to learn God's financial principles or God's financial guidelines. This involves a careful and in-depth study of the relevant scriptures in the Bible that apply to money and material things. And with over 2,000 references in the Bible to money and material things, there's lots to learn. God will often direct us through his biblical principles, but sometimes there could be several options to choose from within God's biblical principles or guidelines. And that's when we need to discern God's specific will as to which of those are within biblical financial principles, which one does God want us to choose, because God's specific will is unequivocally God's best for us. Tom, earlier, utilizing the example of a couple trying to discern God's specific will with respect to the purchase of a house, you provided seven biblical guidelines. They were excellent and very helpful. Tom, are there any other biblical guidelines that Christians should follow in order to discern exactly what God wants them to do? Yes, Jeff, here are some other guidelines that Christians need to prayerfully consider before making any major financial decisions. I'm going to give four of them. 
First, acknowledge in your heart and mind that you're a steward of God's resources, and therefore you need to make financial decisions that are consistent with God's principles and God's specific uh, will. Remember, God owns everything. Haggai 2.8 says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Second, regularly study God's word on finances so you understand what the biblical financial principles are to ensure your decisions are within God's financial guidelines. Number three, be careful of external pressure from friends and from relatives. Although they may be trying to help, remember that each of us is individually accountable to God. Romans 14:12 says, so then each of us will give account of ourselves to God. So we're all accountable to God in making any important financial decisions. In short, be sure to do God's will, not your desires or anyone else's. And the fourth thing I'd comment is develop and consistently maintain a close personal relationship with the Lord so that you can discern God's voice. Um, God may not speak to you audibly. He, he hasn't spoke to me audibly, but he has certainly spoke to me through my heart, and he spoke to your, my mind, and he can speak, speak to us through his spirit and through his word. So just watch and sense as you spend quality time with the Lord in prayer, just sense when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Uh, here's an example. If you read 100 scriptures in the Bible, and two or three really jump out at you, and if you're a Christian, that's probably the Holy Spirit of God speaking to you through God's Word as he highlights those particular scriptures that you're reading uh, in the Bible. Tom, what do you think about circumstances such as the availability of credit to purchase something? In my experience, God can direct through circumstances by opening and closing the doors. We get, got the example in Judges 6 of Gideon. But Christians need to be very careful because the availability of credit may not be God directing them to borrow and buy, but it could be Satan tempting them to take on too much debt and to get into financial difficulty. Remember that Proverbs 22.7 warns that you may become a servant to the lender. And of course, as Christians, we're here to serve God and, and not a lender. Tom, uh, what are some of the challenges that Christians can face in discerning God's will with respect to managing money? Here's five challenges that I would, would note. The first challenge in, in discerning God's will in, in managing money or, or, in, or discerning God's will in making any major decision is busyness and distractions. Uh, that's the most common hindrance, I find, for Christians in developing a close relationship with the Lord and discerning God's will and making any major decision. The second thing is sin. Uh, Psalm 66:18, David said, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Um, sin acts as a roadblock to discerning God's will. So the solution is to confess any sin to the Lord and repent of it. Common sins related to finances include selfishness, greed, covetousness, pride, lack of contentment, dishonesty, the love of money, and material things. And of course, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The third thing I'd suggest is learn to listen to God. Unfortunately, most Christians, when they pray, they just pray out their list of uh, prayer requests, asking God to fulfill their needs and desires. However, the most important aspect of prayer is listening to God. In order to discern God's wisdom and God's specific will, that is God's best. The fourth thing I'd comment is obey God as he directs you. Once you've discerned God's will, be sure to obey God. That is, whatever God wants you to do, uh, go ahead and do it, and do it when God wants you to do Remember, Jesus said to the Father, not my will, but yours be done. And of course, in James 1.22, James said, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. And the final thing I would suggest is trust God for the results. I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he, that is God, will direct your path. Tom, please describe one of the common tough situations that you have encountered. Jeff, over the last 34 years, I've seen thousands of situations. I've probably seen um, the finances of maybe 20,000 individuals and couples in the last 34 years. And, and I've seen a lot, several thousand anyhow, where God's people really needed to discern from the Lord what they should do. Here's one common real-life situation um, which is really difficult. It's where one spouse spends excessively buying things on credit that the family does not need and accumulates significant debt, while the other spouse is responsible with money. That is, the second spouse is managing money God's way. Threats from creditors, credit card bills, accumulating significant interest, and missed loan payments result in stress, sleepless nights, and arguments between husband and wife, often destroying their relationship. Sometimes the spending is done in secret. That is, the spender has credit cards that their spouse is unaware of. But usually this comes out at some point. Often, perhaps, when they go to renew their mortgage, the mortgage company does a, uh, a credit check, and, and it becomes evident um, to the other spouse that their, their spouse has some hidden credit cards. If the spender uh, continues to squander money, it's just a matter of time before the couple has an automobile replaced or perhaps loses their home. And I find from my experience when this occurs, frequently the marriage breaks up. It doesn't have to break up, but often it does when they're under extreme financial stress. Tom, what are your initial comments regarding this type of very difficult situation? I've counseled thousands of people in this situation, and I know that if both spouses, especially if the irresponsible spouse, learns to manage money God's way, then with God's help, they can dig themselves out of debt and deal with these financial stresses. My objective in the ministry is to help people avoid all these financial problems before it's too late. Tom, this sounds like a really difficult situation. Let's suppose that the quote-unquote responsible spouse who manages money God's way has spoken to the spender about their excessive spending several times, but the spender refuses to listen. What would you recommend the responsible spouse to do? That's a good question, and I imagine there's people listening to this show that would relate to this. Uh, Here's some of the recommendations I make for the responsible spouse who is managing money God's way, because often the irresponsible spouse is not open to counsel, I find. Um, The first thing for the responsible spouse to do is prayerfully ask God for his wisdom and his direction, because there may be no simple solution. Next, I would say pray and ask God to change the spender's heart, the irresponsible spouse's heart, with respect to managing money, and get some friends to confidentially pray for the spender, and, and I think of Proverbs 21, 1, where it says, The heart of the king is in the Lord's hands, and the Lord directs it like a watercourse wherever he pleases. Next, I would suggest uh, for the responsible spouse that given that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, Hebrews 4:12, have someone provide the spender, the irresponsible spouse, with a CD or a DVD that teaches God's word on finances. Um, or if practical, um, the spender and the responsible spouse should attend a small group financial study because uh, it's God through his word and his spirit that can change lives. Um, if that doesn't work, I suggest when God opens the door, the responsible spouse should explain to the spender that his or her excessive spending has caused significant financial problems and negatively impacted their relationship. Demonstrate this by way of increased debt levels. Unnecessary expenses would be good examples. Remember, God has promised to meet our needs, but not necessarily our wants and desires 
as Jesus talked about in Matthew 6, 31 to 33. And uh, the next thing I would suggest the responsible spouse do is obtain counsel from a godly financial advisor. Uh, often a godly financial advisor can provide some help and counsel that they, they haven't thought of. Now, Tom, that's great advice, but let's suppose the spender continues to squander money, ignoring all of the attempts above. What additional steps would you recommend the responsible spouse to take? The responsible spouse, in my opinion, should continue to manage money God's way, setting the example for the spender, the one that's irresponsible with money, as well as setting the example for your children. The Bible says train a, train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. If at least one spouse manages money God's way, there's at least one good example in the family. So continue to manage money God's way uh, if you're the responsible spouse. The next thing I'd suggest is a responsible spouse should uh, get someone uh, who has an understanding of God's Word on finances, who the spender respects, and have them speak to the spender with the objective of getting them to stop their excessive spending. Proverbs 27.6 says, Wounds from a friend can be trusted. The next thing I would suggest, if all of this doesn't work, um, is, is the, the responsible spouse needs to exercise some tough love. For example, restrict the debt accumulation by limiting or canceling your joint line of credit in your credit cards. That's, that's one thing you can do. And if practical, the responsible spouse who manages money God's way should take control of the family finances. You've got to make sure you have enough control of the family finances so the mortgage gets paid and the utilities get paid and there's food on the table for you and the kids. Um, these, are just, these are needs that need to, need to be taken care of. And if all of the above doesn't work, um, and if the spender continues to accumulate debt, and especially if the needs of the family are at risk, I recommend that people consider following Matthew chapter 18, that is going to the leaders of your church for prayer, for counsel, for you and your spouse, and ask one of the leaders who does manage money God's way to speak to the spender, that is the irresponsible spouse, the one who's irresponsible with money, um, with the objective of getting the spender to learn to manage money God's way. Tom, what other advice would you give to couples who are in financial difficulty? One thing I'd say is this that's really important is for couples to be totally open and honest with, you, with each other. Um, I've seen hundreds of situations where one spouse spends excessively using credit cards that they've taken out that the other spouse is unaware of. Um, and generally this gets revealed at some point. Um, perhaps during your mortgage refinancing, or if you go for any other uh, type of uh, a line of credit or something, often they'll do a ch- credit check and that gets revealed. Proverbs 12:13 is very clear. Lies get any man into trouble, but honesty is its own defense. And in Titus 2:7 it says, "And everything set th- as an example by doing what is good in your teaching show integrity." So hiding your debts from your spouse, if there's anyone out there that's doing that right now. I'm I'm telling you, eventually it's going to result in not only big financial problems, but also it will destroy the trust which is so necessary for a good marriage relationship. Tom, your point is well taken. That mismanagement of money and accumulation of debt can destroy not only a couple's finances, but sadly also their marriage relationship. Presumably the opposite is true. So Please give us an example of a couple who have learned God's way of managing money and how it positively impacted their relationship. I could give hundreds of examples, uh, 
Jeff, but I think of one in particular. Some time ago, a pastor requested that I provide financial um, advice to a couple in his church who were on the verge of a matrimonial breakup. Uh, The pastor had counseled this couple several times, and he commented to me that he didn't think the marriage could be saved, but he did notice in the process of his counseling that finances was a major area of stress between this husband and wife. What did I do? I just did what I usually do. I taught them God's way of managing money. I showed them how to develop and implement a budget. I warned them about the dangers of debt. Um, and I indicated and explained to them that God promised to meet our needs, but not necessarily our wants and desires. So if they even eliminated some of their spending on their wants and desires, that would be a big step forward. And I also explained to them that they, learned, they, they needed to learn to be content with less and live within the income that God had provided to them. Um, several months later, after they, uh, they, they learned God's way of managing money, I received an email from the husband. Um, they had learned and applied biblical financial principles in man- managing their finances, and he said that a tremendous burden had been lifted. Not only were their finances improved, but surprisingly, their emotional and physical relationship had improved significantly. He and his wife had decided to stay together, and I just praise the God of the universe for that. Um, what's the interesting is this, I provided no marriage counseling whatsoever. I don't have expertise in that area. All I did was provide biblically based financial advice. And I've seen hundreds of cases like this where, where, where the financial stress in a marriage will negatively impact your marriage. Um, and, and, it, and the good news is this, if you and your spouse both learn to manage money God's way, not only will your finances improve, but your marriage relationship will improve significantly. Tom, can you offer some other sources of help? Yes, I'd say the first uh, place for people to go is our website, biblefinance.org. On our website, you can see a place where you can join our Financial Moment email list. The Financial Moment's a one-minute, uh, one-page summary of a biblical principle on finances. Um, and also, you can uh, download a free copy of the Excel-based Copeland Budgeting System uh, to help you develop and implement a budget. And there's even a 30-minute video on the website that explains how to develop and implement a budget. Another thing is, if you need some financial coaching, no matter where you are, we do a lot of it by email and phone. Um, we can provide that on a ministry basis at, at no charge. You can uh, send us an email and indicate that you'd like to do some, you'd like some financial coaching. And I'd also suggest to people to check out our newest uh, online interactive video. It's titled Financial Management God's Way. This is an in-depth study of what the Bible says on finances. And, um, and you could go through it yourself, or better go through it, you and your spouse, or even better than that, if you can, um, why don't you lead a small group at your church. If you follow the video, it makes leading a small group uh, uh, quite easy. So again, all these resources are available from the website, BibleFinance.org. Tom, how about a few concluding remarks? Yes, in Isaiah forty-eight seventeen, God gives us this awesome promise of his guidance. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you and who directs you in the way you should go. In other words, God wants us to discern his specific will in every area of our lives, including financial decisions. And clearly discerning and following God's specific will is the best decision for us as well. Tom, thank you so much for your advice today and all of the helpful real-life examples. They are encouraging. 
So to those who are listening, I want to thank you for tuning into this discussion today. If you have any questions in respect of today's broadcast, you can email info at biblefinance.org. And Tom or one of his trained financial coaches will advise you. Additionally, you can check out biblefinance.org for more information. Again, that's biblefinance.org. God bless you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you.